Hello, and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Welcome back, everyone. Today we've got Trina Burgermeister with us. Um, She's going to help us talk about multiple POVs. Welcome, Trina. Thank you. Um, But first, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about your writing journey? How did you get to where you are today? Um... I know it's kind of cliche, but I'm one of those that kind of started early. I uh, fell in love with science fiction initially um, and read some in seventh grade with a very beloved teacher, Jonathan Kinghorn, um, and just fell in love with the different uh, the different genres of story that I had never read before. I mean, I think going into science fiction, I'd read, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret. So, I mean, just... Yeah, so it really broadened my reading, which I think fueled my love of writing. I uh, took every kind of writing class, English literature class, all the way through college, um, and just joined one of the most fantastic reader-writer groups and was able to write a story that was semi-autobiographical and kind of taken a hiatus from writing. Uh, A lot of the questions I brought to the table today are because of writing short stories that I could never really do to writing longer stories, which it's hard for me to rein in to, you know, really finding the right point of view or the right beginning or the right end. So Mm. kind of where I'm at right now is trying to bring all of my writing uh, ability and to grow as a writer so that I can actually do something with a novel that I've written. No, that's awesome. That's totally what we're here to do is to figure out all the different parts of writing and to help each other out. And so today we're specifically going to be talking about multiple point of view, like we said earlier. And so I guess the first question is, is how do you decide if a story calls for multiple points of view? How do I decide? How do you decide? How does anyone decide? Mm -hmm. Okay, for me, uh, I'll kind of answer that question from the story that I've written. Mm -hmm. And it was because the story told itself to me from two different characters. And after more than a year of writing into this story, of researching into this story, the parts that weren't directly me, um, so there was like a character that was coming from me. That, That was me, my point of view. And another character came along and her voice was as big, if not bigger, than mine at certain points of the story. And so Mm. I found at times, you know, my story just kind of stopped because I was more interested in her story. And so her story kind of wove its way in and out of mine. And so I think what evolved over the course of the next year working with a developmental editor was... um, I think almost developing a friendship Mm -hmm. that I wish I'd had going through some of those things because it actually was cathartic. It was very healing for me to go back and tell my story with someone that could help me work my way through some things that I didn't even realize 30 years later I hadn't, you know, fully. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So it was very surprising. I hadn't set out to do that. Nice. I feel like... um that's a good thing. It's just a good general tip. Like, listen to your story. I don't know if that makes sense, but, like, figure out what feels right. I think a lot of it can depend on uh, your genre and also your themes. Like, so you said, you know, a, a theme of your novel ended up being, like, 
friendship. So then, yeah, it kind of makes sense to have two point of view characters. Um, if you're writing a romance novel, then you can do it from one point of view. But I think it's becoming more and more common to have both sides of the of the romance uh, each get a each get a point of view. And then if you're writing epic fantasy, then you're going to have 20,000 point of view <laughs> characters, maybe. There's going to be quite a bit. Yeah. You don't have to. Again, no. you can write everything from one, but with some of the with how big some of the stories are in fantasy, it makes sense to come at it from multiple point of view so that way you get multiple sides of this epic conflict. Yeah. As an editor, mm. have you ever recommended either someone put in an extra point of view or take one take out? Take them out. I think probably more often I've recommended taking them out interestingly i don't know what that why that is but um I, there are definitely cases for both of those yeah like there there might be times um i think one one time that you might maybe have too many and you got to take one out is um you want whoever's the point of view should be whoever has the most at stake in in that scene or chapter and so there there have definitely been times where i've read something and i'd be like you know what this character actually doesn't have that much at stake here i think probably you should switch it to the mm-hmm. point of view to be this character I guess maybe if you're asking about the book as a whole, that's maybe a little bit different. But um, but then and then so the same principle applies to to bring a new point of view character in. Um, if someone isn't, if there is someone better to carry the story, then you mm-hmm. would recommend they switch to different right. points of view. Yeah, whoever has stuff at stake. It can also be though, like who uh, is the more interesting storyteller, if you will, especially if you're in. Like, so what we're talking about, it's always going to be first person or limited third, really. We're not really talking about a omniscient, omniscient point, of, point view. of view because... Then you get everybody. Then you get everyone all the time. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. So, oh, I, I wanted to go back a little bit. Just we were talking about epic fantasy and, and a lot of characters. And, and that's one, I think, an interesting thing you'll see in particularly series like that, series with multiple points of view. They often start with just one or a few and then it's as the story gets bigger and, and encompasses more conflict, more of the world that that suddenly it has to fracture and have um, even more point of view characters come come into play. Um, so that's an important thing to keep keep an eye on is how big is your story become? Now, your story can become too big and you might need to rein it in a little bit. Mm. Um, that's probably a different episode, though. <laughs> so you've decided that your book needs to have multiple points of view. Um, how are you going to decide... Which character is talking when? I sort of talked about that a little bit. I said whoever has stuff at stake, but what else? Mm -hmm. How else can you decide whose voice to be in? I think you also mentioned earlier whoever has the most interesting point of view. Mm. Because, like, you could, I'm, I'm trying to make up an example on the fly. So if you're entering in a new city, you could have someone who, you know, is just your regular old adventurer Or you could hop to the point of view of like an architect and then you could get a lot of cultural information Mm. through that particular point of view. Or you can, you know, something who whoever is more interesting, if it's something that doesn't have a lot of stakes to it, uh, it could be whoever has the most interesting insight that helps inform you more about the world, I I think is another way. Is there... Mm. A way that you particularly decide, Trina? Again, I think it was the way, because I do tend to write by listening. I I do have characters that kind of introduce themselves to me, and I kind of write through them, research through them, and, and let them tell me who they are a little bit on the page. But then I think as I write into the story, too, I am informed more by 
who this character is. Sometimes I have to write back into a character to figure out why mm-hmm. they're doing that to see if this is a part of the story that they should tell or if it's something that should be a flashback or, you know, something that's just sort of maybe alluded to in the storyline. Mm. Oh, that's another thing too, villains. If mm. you need to put what Alfred Hitchcock said, if, you know, it's more, you can have a 10-minute conversation and then a bomb goes off mm-hmm. and that's surprising. Mm-hmm. But if you plant a bomb under the table and then have a 10-minute conversation, <laughs> it really ramps up the tension. And so a lot of people will put in villain point of views so that way you can see that there is something going on in the background and help ramp up the tension uh, for things that may not seem super important at the moment, but then later are going to become relevant as like a promise to the reader. I swear there's stuff coming. <laughs> so, well, Interestingly, I'm not a really big fan of villain point of view. Um, I think that's just a personal thing of mine. I feel like sometimes, sometimes it can be a crutch to, to put in the villain's point of view instead of filling, putting, and I think it is to provide that tension. And there are ways that you can provide that tension without uh, getting the villain's point of view. There's nothing wrong. Like, there can also be great books with villain points of view. I think mm-hmm. you just got to be careful why you're doing it um, and if it's the, really the best way to make your story move forward. Oh, yeah. Like, watch out for mustache twirlers, <laughs> as always. <laughs> yes. But I did struggle a little bit with that, too, about how to introduce some things because I think most stories have, you know, a villain element, and mine certainly does. Um, but how to introduce that, whether through dialogue, you know, without maybe giving away too much, mm. you know, how, because there is motivation to why one of the main characters would do some things, but, you know, with a multiple point of view, it it seems a risk where I had to edit out large chunks where I was just more telling. And I don't know if that's more an issue with multiple points of view, or I don't know, I'm I'm interested in in, I guess, how to resolve some of those things. Yeah, that, that is an interesting question. And, and just bringing up showing versus telling um, in the context of multiple points of view, that that is maybe another thing, like choose the point of view character who has who can show us more than they can just tell us things, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think is, is, is another trick you can use for deciding which character should be speaking when. Well, and I think it sort of depends, too, like if if you find that you're telling more than showing between the different characters, um, it could be something that just needs a little extra practice or it could be something that oh, I'm trying to think of how to like put it. There might be a little too much introspection going on. Mm. Like I wondered. The, the the grand what Brandon Sanderson calls it the grand skill that is where as a writer you try to very much mix in. Uh, introspection, scene, dialogue, everything. You try to mix it in and have it work in the fewest words possible and have sentences do multiple things at the same time. And it is difficult. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That it is why it is called the grand skill is that it is, it's the ultimate thing that all writers, well, maybe not all, but many writers are trying to achieve and is very, very difficult to to get to that point. And so it, it could be practicing more of that nature. If if your characters are a little too in, <laughs> again, internal. Trying, yeah. If they're a little too like introspective, if they're a little too in their own uh, like mental monologues and stuff like that, maybe trying to ground that mental monologue 
in the different elements of writing and the scenery and the dialogue and things of that nature. And what's fun about multiple points of view is that you can have the same thought but do it differently. Hmm. Um, I think we've used the example in the past of, and I know this is another fairly famous example of someone looking at a glass of water. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If someone is from the desert, they're going to sit there and they're going to think, oh, that's, you know, that's precious and it's just sitting out there. Whereas if someone is from a rainforest, they're probably like, wow, that's okay. Or they might not think about it at all. It's just a glass of water on the table. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely an opportunity to use the different points of view to see how people see the world. Which I think leads me to, I, I guess, more the question I was trying to get at, which is in a multiple point of view, when you're dealing with two main characters, do they have to be equal? Mm. No. Yeah, that is a good question. I was even thinking about that because um, uh, I have a client who writes romance novels and um, and I, I know at first she felt like she had to strictly alternate. Every other chapter had to be one, you know, one of the pair and the other one had to be the other one. And 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 at a, at a certain point that just didn't work because she needed to have the same person go multiple two times in a row or whatever, because that's what made sense for for the plot. So, yeah, I think you have to be careful not to lock yourself in that you brought up Sanderson earlier and I remember him saying I think that's maybe one of his regrets from writing his first published novel Elantris which he tried to very strictly follow a rotation between his three point of view characters and Mm. that sometimes trying to follow that like came at the expense of the plot and it would have been better to just you know have a couple chapters in a row of the same character I'm I'm trying to think plot is not always king but definitely like what serves the plot is going to help more um like character is king, obviously. Char- a great character setup can make up for plot deficiencies, but, um, but yeah, helping to determine whose head we should be in and how much I think depends on how they're moving the plot forward. I I think it also depends on your genre too, because I I've been thinking about um, we brought up epic fantasy, and you'll have sometimes in those you'll have a character who only gets one chapter from their point of view. And I don't think that would work so well in, in some other genres. And and so you have to think about the conventions of your genre for balancing things a- along with the plot. Mm-hmm. Well, and a good place, almost in any genre, almost. <laughs> Again, pay attention to what works for yours. Um, but a good place, if you're going to have only one chapter of a point of view, is the prologue. Mm. Um, that's what a lot of people use it for. I've heard other people call that cheating too, but at the same time, (laughs) I don't, I don't think it is because this character has exactly this amount of information to give and then, and then they're they're done. done. Maybe they're a mentor that passes away. Maybe they're a king that started this ancient conflict and now we're dealing with it in present day. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's, there's so many things that could be helpful to have a single piece of information by a specific person and then that person being gone and so again like everything needs to have a purpose but I feel I I don't feel like that's cheating personally yeah I think I think it depends on your story whether or not it's cheating basically cheating or a crutch or yeah because every story is different and the thing that'll work for one story uh, might not work for another one I was gonna say so what are some tricks that we know to balance different points of view So we've already said that they don't have to have the same amount of chapters per person. But then if you're not going to have the same amount of chapters, how do you figure out, like, if if one person is being overshadowed Mm -hmm. and another person isn't getting enough screen time or if some person's getting too much? Well, one very 
concrete way, maybe this doesn't help you decide if it's too much or not, but I think it's good to lay it out. Like that's one of the things I like about Scrivener is you can, you can like label each scene or whatever that you've written of whose point of view it's from. And so then you can just make a visual that's like, oh, look, this person is blue and like almost the entire book is blue and I only have a tiny bit of red over here or whatever, right? Like um, somehow making it visual and being able to to see the breakdown can just help you get a an outside perspective. Then you need to go in and consider these other things like we were saying. Maybe it's okay to have someone, but but just knowing who is speaking more, how the balance is right now is, is key. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I did, and this was with the help of a developmental editor because I'd kind of written myself into a hole and couldn't figure out how to weave it back together because I'd written the story, gotten to a point, and decided that my other character, you know, they were kind of twin storylines, mm-hmm. and then they met, and then the storyline kind of wove together, braided together. And so he had me back it out to the point where the braid was undone mm-hmm. and write them separately mm-hmm. and then join them back together. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, was hugely helpful because it really helped solidify for me that it was two separate characters that both had an awful lot to say (laughs) and an awful lot at stake. And they were both going through their own arc, too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And they were different, but, you know, they were best friends. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, points where they were together. So it does make sense. I mean, that was one of the things that I had, had done. I like that. No, that's a great tip. Yeah. You just reminded me of something that we maybe should have brought up earlier, but like you can write the same scene from multiple points of view and then mm-hmm. see which one fits better, right? Like True. you might not end up publishing the other one, but it's not wasted effort um, to, to write the same scene from different points of view and see which one fits better. Um, you can always, you can use the deleted scenes for your mm-hmm. author <laughs> newsletter or something, right? Like don't throw anything away that you're not going to publish, but... Website fodder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so definitely don't be afraid to try it out. Multiple people. Well, and I think the character art part of it, too, is very crucial to making sure that the points of view are balanced. Because if you start with a character and then they just kind of disappear mm-hmm. halfway through and mm-hmm. there's not really a reason for mm-hmm. it, then maybe you didn't need to have their point of view from the beginning. Yes. Um, or if they disappear and it's maybe a good thing, like you said, to lay it out so that way you can see and you're like, oh, crap, I completely <laughs> I forgot. forgot. <laughs> Not Tim. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to leave you. And so. Um, Which is actually even within one point of view, that's just a good practice to have to make sure all of your characters are being taken care of. Because you, there's so many things that I read and, and edited and stuff where it's like, wait, wasn't Josh in this room? But I ha- we haven't heard from him in five pages. And then suddenly he'll say something at the end. You're like, what was he doing this whole time? So mm-hmm. uh, even within one point of view, you want to make sure your characters are being represented. and Or at least kept tabs on. Yeah, exactly. Or if they leave, then say, say that they left, you know, kind of a thing. So as our concluding question, let's talk about what are some pitfalls to avoid in writing multiple points of view? Hmm. Boy, <laughs> there are so many. Uh, <laughs> crazy making. Um, I think probably the best tip I can offer would be to telling your story from the beginning. And it's it's like a one-page thing that ends up being 
you know, multiple lists of questions for each of the characters that you're mm. anticipating writing a point of view for. It's almost like a character interview at the very beginning. Once you get yourself to the point where you're like, hmm, you know, should I really be using these characters? Maybe it should be from one, um, which is, again, one of those things that you glean from being in a really good writing group because you get those questions along the way. And so once you get past that point and you've kind of written yourself into a corner and you're (laughs) like, well, why are these multiple characters telling the story? That's when you start telling it from outside of, uh, how can I put this? It's kind of backing up, going back to your interview and asking some of the bigger questions. Mm. You know, it's like you go through that interview and you may give like a one-liner because you've got a lot of stuff going on in your head, but then you're writing this from that character's point of view and it's like you've not told part of the story. And so someone will ask, why Why is this character telling this? <laughs> so then you have to go back and figure out why. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just being open to going back, yeah. you know, yeah. writing yourself Revising. to a point where someone can gently tell you, <laughs> <laughs> you may need to go back 300 pages to figure out how to go forward for the next 15. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard oh, to yeah. hear, but oh boy, it's, it's hugely helpful. Mm. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go back. Yeah. Don't be afraid to edit. Mm-hmm. I always say that. Yeah. Um, some other pitfalls. Be aware when writing in multiple points of view, watch out for tangents. Mm. Because oh, yes. uh, you're in a whole new character and they are the main character, quote unquote, of that point of view. Um, they are the star. They are the <laughs> protagonist of that point of view. And so watch out because... They have main character energy while they're on the page. Watch out for their side quests that may try Mm -hmm. to come in and may not be relevant to the story that you're trying to tell. Um, In multiple points of view, it is so, I at least for me personally, it is so much easier to go off on (laughs) tangents because they go from being a side character to a main character. And as a main character, they've got all this crap going on in their life too, but that doesn't necessarily serve the main story. Mm -hmm. And so I would say watch out for that. Another thing to watch out for is head hopping. Yes. Uh, I talk yes. about this all the time. Whether or not you're writing just one POV or multiple, but I think you're more likely to fall into it with multiple. But um, just the conventions of publishing as they are today is that you want, unless you're writing omniscient, which is its own thing, um, you want to stay in one person's head. And so especially if you're writing in third person and you've got multiple point of views, it's really easy to to be like, oh, I just want to hop over to this person's head for like one sentence so I can explain something. But um, that just it, it breaks the flow and it makes it hard for readers to know where they stand. So it's much better to stay in the one person's head for the entirety of a scene when you you can hop later. And you know what? If there's one sentence you really needed to convey from someone else's head, just have them think back on the conversation and they can think it then, you know. Um, but but don't don't give in to the temptation to jump jump heads. Also watch out for very similar character voices. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I have been told uh, in writing multiple points of view is that you should, and again, this is a should, you don't <laughs> have to, there are ways to get around this, but you should be able to pick up any chapter in the book and you should know whose head you're in mm. without having to like have a, head, like have a header, have yeah. a title. And so mm-hmm. make sure if you're doing multiple points of view that the voices are distinctive. So that way you know where you're at when. 
Um, and having read a couple of books without that, it is <laughs> it can sometimes be very difficult. You get halfway through a page and you're like, wait, wait a second. Where, I thought I was in Tiffany's head. Who, <laughs> why? Josh, why do you sound like <laughs> Tiffany? Yeah. So, yeah. One thing I ran into, and again, this uh, was something that my writing group and my writing peers in that group uh, really helped me riddle out, was that I got to a certain part of the story that was really hard for me to tell. And then trying to figure out, because there are so many interesting things going on in the side stories, and this is where they'd come back together after a period of time apart, and it's like, which story am I really telling? Mm -hmm. You know, is this one scene that's so hard for me to tell? Is this really part of the story? Yeah. Is this something that I have to write through? Is this something that really belongs here? So I think... Again, being very clear about who your characters are and what that story is, because sometimes when you're writing multiple POVs, what I found anyway is that I had to go back to the original story and see if some things were just, you know, like research, like you have to write through them right. to be clear about why this character would do this. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you have these mm -hmm. points in your outline and it's not just about checking off the boxes. It's about really going back and figuring out which story am I telling. Right. Because yeah. you know, I've taken a right turn and had it be, you know, fine stuff, but it wasn't the story. Yes. Yeah. One last little thing um, in, along these lines of, of making sure you're in the right head is try to avoid having the characters think exact same things or use the exact same phrases. I definitely mm -hmm. like you as a, as the author are probably going to, you know, describe someone's hair in one way, but it gets a little bit suspicious if all five of your characters describe the person's hair in the exact same way. So you got to mm -hmm. just be aware of that and try to be unique in, in the way you describe things. Or if you're going to do that, have that be a tell for something. <laughs> yes, that's true. Or it could be some, it can, yeah, it can be something like, we have a group of friends and we decided our friend's hair is like this anyway. Like there no, can be well, reasons, but I'm, I'm specifically thinking of like crime shows and stuff ah, like that. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. Every single witness has the exact same description of. Right. The and then you know that it's fake. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And so, so like you, again, stuff like that has to have a purpose, mm -hmm. but if that is not something that you're going for, then don't do it. Don't, yeah. <laughs> watch out for having stuff be the same because people will pick up on it. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, do it with purpose. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. This has been a thank great conversation. So thank Thanks you. For joining you guys us. had a few light bulb moments. Thank <laughs> you so much. I appreciate your time. We're so happy that you could join us today. Thank you. Our question for our listeners is, what are some multiple POV books that you've enjoyed and, um, and, and what did they do to balance their multiple characters? Let us know at our socials in the description. Stay sharp, my friend. To learn more about The Writing Forge, check out our social links in the episode description. Subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review. For more informational writing content, be sure to become a Writing Heights member.